This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. But joining us right now to kick off hour number three on this phenomenal football Friday is our good pal, Ryan Noonan, who also works for our friends at 444 and Bedspurts. Ryan is on Twitter, at Ryan Noonan. He does great work with Connor Allen. They do a great NFL podcast together. Um, And along with Connor and John Daigle, they've got a great piece that they are updating um, pretty frequently throughout the week in a slow draft of like a high stakes fantasy football draft, like with the rationale of the picks they're making. If you like fantasy football and I do, I think it's awesome content. I think the guys do an awesome job. And Ryan joins us now here on a Friday. Ryan, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken hope the summer has been going great. How you doing? Um, well, gentlemen, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I always like to get in before Kanish. Uh, I don't want Kanish's sloppy seconds in any way. So I want to get in and get out before Kanish gets here for sure. Nice. We'll, we'll be sure to tell him you said that too. And I'm sure that he'll start making a lot of <laughs> incomprehensible noises and yelling and calling you nicknames and stuff like that. Uh, we, have, we already yeah. had two preseason games last night, Ryan, obviously. And, you know, maybe this isn't like a, a hardcore sides totals, like what are your power ratings for these games? But there were a couple of interesting storylines in each game that we saw last night. I think one that people are running with and maybe overreacting to or just reacting to was how CJ Stroud played in really limited action for the Texans. They got an upgrade in their win total versus last year, like a couple wins in the market. They were like a four and a half last year. They draft CJ Stroud. Now they're a six and a half new coach. Okay, maybe they won't be in the cellar anymore. Maybe they'll just be bad, like a normal level of bad. But Stroud played like a couple series, two for four, threw an interception, kind of whatever. Are you concerned that maybe they'll be back in the cellar? Concern's probably the wrong word. How do you project Stroud versus the other rookie quarterbacks? Do you think it's going to be as bad as it looked in the Patriots game? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I understand why people get all excited about preseason clips and hype. We've been like thirsting for this for months, right? We love this game. So you guys have been doing football content as we have. We never stop moving the line, right? There's we just talk about the NFL draft. We move into coaching changes, philosophy changes, how that impacts, you know, anything that we could possibly get involved with in terms of speculating football, something that we love to do. So we get these clips and we finally get preseason football and everyone wants to run with it. So in terms of the AFC South, it's wide open, right? Everyone thinks the Jags and they got kind of bloated in terms of getting some early action. And that's floated to a price that I think is uh, not necessarily a wise play at this point. I like what they've done with the roster. I think that they maybe did a little too much in terms of leveraging the short term with that trade with their, or with uh, the Cardinals to where they're going to be for next year. But in terms of like the roster, I think it's significantly better. Uh, CJ Stroud, how he lines up with the rest of the rookie quarterbacks. I was down on him. I think we, I, I don't know, scouting helmets is tough, but I think there is something in terms of what we've seen translate to Ohio State quarterbacks and their ability to process quickly in the NFL. Uh, we just haven't had anyone really come in and prove that to be different. 
but I like the offensive line. I think they're kind of better both in the trenches on both sides. So, yeah, I mean, the Colts still have a lot of problems. I think the Titans are a team that just continue to outperform their talent level. So I think that they make sense that they're up there in terms of a win total at six and a half. I think they're probably better. I don't have a lot of faith in Stroud. He's still kind of dealing with maybe some some par offensive talent to promote him a little bit. But, uh, yeah, four or five drawbacks. I don't have a lot of weight in that. A third and 21 interception, not a big deal. But, you know, I think in general – the, the Texans are, you know, in play with like the Titans and the, the Colts in terms of maybe being the second dog in that division. It's just that bad of a Ryan, division. From any of the other teams that we saw last night, and you could talk about other stuff with Houston that might have stood out to you, whether it's Minnesota, whether it's Seattle, whether it's the New England Patriots. You know, it doesn't even have to be like a betting thing for week one. Like anything fantasy-wise stands out to you that you took note of in any of these games last night on Thursday night. And then we can kind of move ahead to, uh, to this weekend and like uh, week one of the rest of the NFL season. Yeah, I'd like to see the usage that we saw from Jordan Addison with uh, Minnesota. I mean, there's just some vacated targets there. I mean, even though he was kind of dusty last year, Adam Thielen was still dominating target share outside of, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson still getting fed. And you had a guy like Jordan Addison to kind of walk in there and solidify that wide receiver two role. That's a guy that we actually took in our FFPC main event draft. Uh, the I lost. I was definitely pounding the table for Jahan Dotson there. But I think that – you know, Connor and Daigle made a pretty good point in terms of just his path to a, a higher ceiling makes more sense. Whereas, you know, Dotson is dealing with a little bit more unknown with Sam Howell. The quarterback situation in Minnesota is a little bit more assured. And then again, dealing with Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, that's a little bit more of an unknown. So again, TJ Hawkinson rolled in there in the second half and, and had like a Travis Kelsey style workload, which is good to see. But I think there's a path for another guy on the other side who's Probably going to see a lot of single coverage in terms of what teams do, and just or at least not having to get a ton of attention. Uh, him hitting the ground running. He was a good guy against zones in college as well, too, and showed a little bit more after the catch than I thought he was going to be what we saw with him at Pitt. So I'm pretty excited about him. Same thing on the other side, JSN. I think he's going to be an exciting player that kind of fits what they do, uh, allows everyone else to kind of work on the outside. He can work in the slot. And we'll wait, like we saw, again, tail of two halves with Gino last year. But still what transferred in the second half was his completion percentage over expectation. Very, very accurate quarterback. And that works well with JSN and what he does, too, in those intermediate roles in the slot. So I think the, both of those rookies are going to hit the ground running this year. Ryan, some good info so far, obviously, in both those games we picked out, right? Stroud, who was obviously second overall pick in the draft, Jordan Addison, some of the other rookies that are going to kind of make plays this year. We're kind of dancing around a market, which I'm going to be really interested to bet in the regular season once this starts, which is offensive rookie of the year, which feels this year like the potential for many more players to win, like the the list of, okay, how many guys can realistically win this award? Sometimes we do offensive play, or offensive rookie of the year. That list might be four or five where you make like a fringe case. I mean, like, what is it, 12 deep this year, maybe something like that? Like I'm looking at the list in front of me and I'll kind of, we'll, I'll put players in tiers for you. So basically Bijan Robinson and Bryce Young are the two lowest price, like the three to four to one is the consensus. Then you have a tier at like nine to one, Stroud, Richardson, Jameer Gibbs, they're in that nine, 10 to one, then another tier after that. And that's where I was surprised that Addison is in that third tier with you talked about, right? So 15, 16 to one, along with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who you also talked about. Zay Flowers is 30, we've talked about him. Like I just read a ton of names all those guys seem like they have some potential kind of like of those names. This could be about price. This could just be, I love X player this year in this offense. Just any of your thoughts on offensive rookie of the year. Is there a bet that you heard that you like there, a player that stands out besides all the other ones? The only bet that I have in this market, and I took it pretty much as soon as it populated and it's still there. Uh, I think it moved. It's a little shorter in some places. I'm just really excited about the ceiling of Anthony Richardson. 
I think that you have a guy who is a a one of one in terms of what he is athletically. Now, could there be some bumps in the road? Absolutely. Could it be a, a disaster? It could be an unmitigated disaster from the jump. There are a lot of question marks, but I think in terms of how he was used uh, at the collegiate level, I have some questions about if they're going to turn him loose as a rusher. I think the, the ceiling there is immense. So betting into this market, I think we should be betting into ceiling outcomes. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm betting into a 5%, 10% range of outcomes in terms of what we can expect in year one from this guy, right, who is very limited in terms of his pocket presence. But we've seen guys in year one where you can mask that, and we know that Shane Steichen can do that. We've seen him kind of elevate just, you know, a couple of years ago, Justin Herbert in his, in his year one season. And we had questions. If we think back, like Justin Herbert was a very uh, hyped prospect coming out of Oregon, but he had some like questions coming out that, that year. Previously, like if he would have come out a year before, I think he would have been much more heavily received. And then you see what they did with Jalen Hurts, who we all had questions about, goes into Oklahoma, seems to take a step forward as a passer, and then just say, hey, look, this is what we can do. This is how we can win. Let's not really try to leverage him as a passer. Let's lean on him in the ground game. We have a decent offensive line. I think the Colts offensive line is a little overrated, but I think this guy's a difference maker. Tons of arm talent. Uh, so I think there are questions, but in terms of just top ceiling range of outcomes, this guy could come in and have Cam Newton 80% type of seasons. And like from a rookie of the year standpoint, I have questions with Bryce Young's supporting cast. I have questions with the offensive line there. Bijan, like I like Arthur Smith as a coach. I don't really trust Arthur Smith to always, like from a fantasy utilization standpoint, lean on his dudes. Um, I think we still see more Tyler Algier than we want to. Um, so those things maybe just slow the roll in terms of especially betting at the top of the board for Bijan. Uh, some of the other guys, like I think Addison's probably, you know, double digits makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I mean, nine to one on uh, Anthony Richardson, I think is still available and still worth a look. And then the Colts, I think, telegraphing the fact that they plan on starting Anthony Richardson week one at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Richardson will start the team's week one preseason game against the Buffalo Bills. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Phenomenal Football Friday. Talking the NFL with our friend Ryan Noonan from 4 for 4 and Betsperts. Ryan is on Twitter at Ryan or Onyx, whatever, at Ryan Noonan. Uh, Ryan, this could be a, a fantasy question. This could be in preparation to bet props this coming season. Week one of the preseason, anywhere you want to take it. Could be a position group, could be a specific player, something that you are watching for to try and glean some information about this weekend in the National Football League. Yeah, it's hard to see because every team handles it differently in terms of like, you know, what they're signaling uh, or are they giving us any noise in terms of who's starting, where the guys rank in terms of their, you know, death charts and stuff like that. Uh, a couple of things that I think are, are fairly interesting. Um, I want to see the running back usage in Detroit. I really want to see if they start to show us their cards a little bit at all with Jameer Gibbs. I mean, the fact that they were considering him at six um, and feel they felt like they got an absolute win by trading down and getting him at 12. I think is some signal in terms of what they want to do with him this year. Now, David Montgomery is going to have a role there, but if they want to get a little bit unique with Gibbs, I think he could be pretty exciting. Um, I don't know that we have like a quarterback battle that's worth much of anything in Tampa Bay tonight with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Like, I think Tampa Bay needs to bottom out. I don't know that that's in their preseason plans, but like, hey, give it a Trask. We kind of know what Baker is. He's bottom rung in terms of basically any metric last year completion percentage over expectation, EPA per play, success rate. Even when he went to the Rams, it still wasn't very good. He holds onto the ball too long, gets a ton of sacks. Maybe I want him to play so we could bet sacks against Baker Mayfield because I have questions with the offensive line too. 
Um, and then Miami, uh, they have the three-headed monster in the backfield. I think Devin A-Chain can be a special talent, and I think he can be uh, more of a role in terms of what he can do out of the backfield from a pass-catching standpoint. Um, he's kind of a liability from a pass-blocking standpoint, which makes it tough to get on the field early in your career if you can't really protect the quarterback. But if you're going to send him out in the, into the you know, routes, who cares? Um, and I think he just fits the mold of that speed element. So how does that kind of suss out with Raheem Morris, Jeff Wilson, uh, and Devin A. Chain? I think that's going to be interesting to watch this preseason. Brian, like uh, 45 to 60 seconds left. We haven't talked to you really, and we're on the eve of the season, so we haven't talked to you a lot this summer. So I don't really know even kind of like who your sleeper teams are, Super Bowl champion, all that stuff. Sleeper team is always a fun one. So let's call it team projected to finish 500 or worse, maybe eight and a half win total or less, something like that. We've had people pound the table for Atlanta, Green Bay, Chicago. I like Washington a little bit. Everybody's got that team. I think I just named a bunch of NFC teams too, which is really funny. Everybody's got that team that there's kind of like, God, I think there might be a little more there than people think. In like 45 seconds, do you, got, you have one of those teams this year a sleeper for us? I think going in the NFC makes a lot of sense, right? Because you do the math. Like there are on paper maybe nine playoff teams in the AFC, seven spots. So there's going to be some good quarterbacks, assuming that like we talked about it yesterday, we did our AFC preview on the move of the line and like whoever wins the war of attrition in terms of health is in a good spot. So I'm with you on whoever's on the Green Bay side. Um, look, I think everyone wants to make – these really strong decisions on who Jordan Love is. And we saw one short notice COVID start in Arrowhead. I don't feel really good about saying one way or the other about who Jordan Love is, but the ancillary pieces on both sides are pretty good. Offensive line solid, defenses just kind of continue to underperform. But if he has continued to be a little bit above average, it's a young receiving group too. Like everyone's in their first or second year. I think that there's a little bit of Ewing theory there too, in terms of like, hey, look, Aaron Rodgers is a big personality. You take him out of the, that locker room, that dynamic changes. And some guys have just, I think, unprompted come to bat for him. And that's encouraging. So I'm interested to see what happens in Green Bay. And I just think the NFC North is a little bit more winnable in terms of Minnesota regressing, Detroit not necessarily being that team, and Chicago maybe, maybe a little bit more fun, but not necessarily a good football team. Ryan, this was awesome, man. We love having you on the show. The insight's always amazing. We sincerely appreciate it. I want everyone to check out Move the Line, Ryan's NFL podcast, along with our friend Connor Allen, who comes on the show as well. And if you're into fantasy football, check out Ryan, uh, Connor, and John Daigle doing an FFPC main event draft, the high-stakes fantasy draft. They're, it's a slow draft, and they're kind of like like live blogging, tweeting it. And it's really interesting. I've been checking out the content, and I really like it. He's on Twitter, at Ryan Noonan. My friends, stay well. Good luck with your bets coming up. We will, we will talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys.